Thought Bubble Audio. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And apparently the show where the co-host gets surprised that they're introducing a podcast. <laughs> you are so loud in my ears all of a sudden. Well, I was just talking. You put on your podcast voice and it wasn't ready. <laughs> Is my podcast voice louder? It could be. Oh. It was then. I was projecting. Oh, like public speaking. Could... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just had to build the hype using the only skills available to a podcaster, which is auditory yeah. tools such as projecting, because we are coming at you with the second episode of Dad Month. Yeah, we are, in case you missed... That announcement in the last 30 seconds of last week's episode it is actually dad month right now. <laughs> in the middle of the point in our episode where it unraveled entirely into a James yep. Bond commentary. Yep. Yep. Um, this is the second installment in dad month. It is. And this is like a departure from our standard suite of dads. Yeah, we had this is like a bonus dad. Yeah. This is like a, a crossover extravaganza. But like certainly a dad who's been in my life for a long time. Kelsey's secret dad. Secret bonus dad. Maybe. I, I don't Honestly, know. I think I Tom like Amandes could be your dad. Who? Tom Amandes could be your dad. You've said that for a while. I stand by it. I think there's I think absolutely treat dad is way more my dad. See, I think Tom Amandes is way more your dad, and treat dad is way more my dad. I don't know. I think, I think if we're just going off vibes alone. Okay. See, I'm going off wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that treat dad and my dad have the same LL Bean catalog for the entire Everwood years. So that's that really... I absolutely would believe. That's that's where we're at. Yeah, one thousand percent would believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But aura, yeah. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. Just the vibes, man. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, but point taken that you didn't have an emotional attachment to this film that you inflicted upon me. I certainly did not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry. What's funny about this film, which we will tell you the title of, we're just stringing you along because it's our favorite game, according yeah. to one-star reviewers of this podcast. <laughs> we do it for the one-stars. <laughs> this is for the one-stars. Um, is uh, we had, We've talked at various points over the years, like dating mm -hmm. back forever, yeah. about doing Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. We have. It's a genre that I am 0% versed in. Did you ever watch any of them or like the little like videos that were like a half hour long? I feel like just statistically speaking, it's extremely unlikely that I never saw any. Mm. I, you know, like I encountered a TV. I went to sleepovers in the yeah. 90s, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like 
I, it must have happened. I just, I don't have a memory of like sitting down in front of the TV and being like, I'm, I'm going to hang out with Mary Kate and Ashley tonight. Mm, okay. Yeah. We, I did. I didn't engage with a lot of their, like when they were small children, like mm-hmm. that phase. I have a memory of a video. I think there was like their mystery series. Cause they dressed up like detectives and they mm. were on a cruise ship. And I don't know, like, what happened with that, but that's a thing in my brain. Um, (laughs) But I got attached to them in, like, this phase and then slightly older than this phase when they were doing, like, the Paris movie and the movie at Atlantis and this one. They did the New York one, right? That one I phased out by then, but yes. Yeah. It was a brief window, but I feel like there was another one I'm missing. They had a soccer one... Who didn't have a soccer one? Is that shade towards Bend It Like Beckham? Because I won't tolerate that <laughs> in this space. I'm like infinitely impressed and mystified by your various adventures through like basic girl media. <laughs> your dalliances with the different sort of way facets of basic girl culture. It's just like my psychiatry episode. <laughs> it's an intervention somehow. This is where Kelsey reveals just how basic she is. Mm. It's fine. I just I just feel like I've been exposed to a lot of the culture now. It's I can, great. You know, I can bring us here to this moment <laughs> where we both paid money to see Billboard Dead. Yeah, between the two of us, like seven whole American dollars were spent. Yeah. Straight in, I don't know, I don't know where your money went, but mine went straight into the Bezos penis missile mission. So. I mean, at least I'm not the proud owner of Sam Hewen's movie with the Hawaiian shirt. I thought it might end up being fun to revisit. It hasn't been fun. I think I turned it on once to get a gift. I think one time I needed a gif of him in his tiny cubicle wearing his tiny button-up shirt, and so I watched the, the, I, like, fast-forwarded through again, and that's the most use I've made of my, like, again, $7 or whatever. In fairness, that's seven combined dollars behind this particular feature film that we're here to talk about today. Yeah, 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 it is. But, I like yikes. to think that goes straight into the deep pockets of Tom Amandes, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that's his residuals. Yeah. Um, Somewhere out there, there's like a bank account depositing like a one hundredth of a cent into his <laughs> retirement fund. It's fine. It'll support the arts. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that film, now that we are 14 minutes in somehow, uh-huh. is Billboard Dad. It is. It came... I was looking a little bit at some other films from this era, and it came really in, like, a year frame, time frame, year frame. A year frame. (laughs) That was important to us. Um, Because that came out in 1998. Uh, Another film that came out in 1988, you may have heard of it, it's called The Parent Trap. (laughs) And... In 1997, we had Anastasia. Like, 
True. You and I were both sort of distracted by our own personal... That's true. We had other things going on. We did. We there did. is... I, I can't explain why, but there is, like, something in my brain that feels familiar with this movie, but mm. I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Like, maybe I saw trailers for it or something. Um, it could part- be just, like, the general, like, Nickelodeon vibe of it all, like... That's true. It it absolutely, like, checks off all the formula boxes hmm. for a movie from this era. Mm-hmm. I, like, it's possible movies are still doing this, and I just, like, don't watch, especially, like, children's movies. But every, we've watched several of these, like, older films recently now, and I am, like, so blown away by the expository voiceover opening scenes. <laughs> What a vibe! And everyone was just making them that way. I think it's, like, a, a product of its era, and I it's you. It's funny you say that because we just watched an episode of AP Bio tonight that's newish, and they do a, like, 90s kids mm-hmm. sitcom episode, like a single episode, and they use the voiceover the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, there's like the trope of like the record scratch and like, you may wonder how I ended yeah, up exactly, in this. Exactly. You know, like yeah, 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 yeah. that all comes from somewhere, obviously. It's just, I, this is not the first time recently where I've started a movie like this and been like, wow, this is fucking old school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before prestige, the children had to to just be told things. Before young children had to understand subtext. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Um, what is, like, striking, though, is that, say this movie, this is a live-action film, put this next to the parent trap, like, the quality (laughs) of it is just a stark difference there. I would have to imagine that this is the case, but um, you know, obviously I can only speak for Billboard Dad because I haven't seen all the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, but they were cranking out so much Mary-Kate yeah. and Ashley content that it, it yep. very much feels like um, it feels mass-produced. You know, like, uh-huh. even like, I don't know, this might sound insane, but I feel like even the camera angles like look cheap. Yeah. Like, not just in production value, but in, like, the actual, like, choices of framing and, like, like they were trying to do this very low-hanging fruit filmmaking. It even, even the, like, premise and the setting was, like, whatever, we live in California, this is in California, it's easy. Okay, like- speaking of, why did we need, like, a sponsored ad from, like, the Venice, California <laughs> Board of Commerce? It's a really cool, diverse place to live. Like, that literally went on for, like, three minutes of just, like, Uh we live in Venice, and it's a nice town, and you can Uh go surfing here, and we have a good quality of life, and everything's easy for us. California probably sponsored this movie. Like, like, honestly, that's what I'm saying, is, like, why the, (laughs) like... What special interest group was out there like, we need more Venice, California? Right. And, like, Venice was not integral to the plot, really. Mm-mm. 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 This could have been anywhere. Could have been literally anywhere. The, this, I, it almost reminds me of In What a Girl Wants when she spends, like, a lot of time talking about how she grew up in Chinatown. Yes! 
but yeah. it's like not relevant. They like want to ground you in a place, but there's no reason to. Yeah, yeah. And like the Sorry, attempts that they make are barking. bad. Oh, yeah. special <laughs> special guest of the pod. Special guest. Um, my child recently has been throwing tantrums where she just screams that she wants like every person she's met in the last two weeks. Oh no! <clears throat> and so last night she was throwing a tantrum where she was screaming, "I want Theo! I want Peter! I want Henry! I want Sam!" <laughs> <laughs> like half of these names are children and half of these names are dogs, and like none of them are here. But she's not wrong. She's not wrong. It's it's totally fair. Um, That's really funny. Another thing that they... we This is, like, kind of getting into it. And we don't have to spend time on it. But, like, related to the Venice thing, another thing mm-hmm. that they, like, spent time on in the fucking intro was how much they love surfing because they're in Venice. And then they spent the rest of the movie talking about diving. And they spent no time showing anyone surfing because they couldn't be bothered to, like, put a double out there on a surfboard. (laughs) Well, because they spent all of their money for doubles on diving shots. Right. Where did the diving come from? Yeah, the diving was not... (laughs) Not relevant. It felt like they had two versions of the script at some point. And, like, they filmed part of the movie... And then the next day they came back to set and picked up the the other script and just kept filming. And then yeah. the editor got it all and was like, I don't know uh, this. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> well, because it seems like there should have been some kind of payoff with the one that was the diver and the one that was the surfer. And I don't really know if they were meant to be the same person or two Didn't different ones. they both ones. end up being divers, though? I don't know. I, I Because then they both tr- end up in that track. diving competition. I don't, I... Anyway, we'll get Spoilers. there. We'll get there. Spoiler alert, there's a diving competition for some reason. <laughs> oh my god. So let's just like... Chronological this? Sure. Let's yeah, chronological this. I think this. That's, all, that's all there is to do in this one. I wouldn't say that it's like thematically... Deep. No. So... The main the main premise is that there's twins and a dad. Our dad. Yeah. Our and dad. they live in Venice, in case you missed that. <laughs> and their mom passed away, and so the dad is sad. This is mm-hmm. a pretty, like, classic. You know, you've heard this before. Tom Amade is so, auditioning for the part of Tree Williams in Everwood. Yeah, truly. <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, I think he did actually. Yeah, that, that was what struck me as so funny is that my, I don't know where I got this from, so citation needed, but my memory is that he came to the show Everwood to be mm-hmm. Dr. Brown. Yeah. And then I don't know if they had already cast what's his treat Williams or like if they just saw his audition and was like, you must be Harold or like right. what happened there. But yeah, he originally wanted to be. What's his face? So this is his, like, sad dad audition tape. Yeah. And so they decide to do some hijinks and get him a woman <laughs> to make him happy again because he's been sad. They're like, you never spend time with us anymore because you're too depressed. So what if you start dating? Yeah. The logic is not sound. Uh, it, it is a little bit of a parent trap, but, like, not a parent trap. It's... Um, it's interesting. So, 
We open with exposition. <laughs> exposition um, voiceover. And we find out Dad is a sculptor, which honestly fits. It See, I wasn't sold. I wasn't sold on artist the, dad. The thing is that, like, he's definitely a type. Like, he can do one. Sure. And I think he's always himself. Yes, that's accurate. <laughs> like, whether he's in Mary-Kate and Ashley, yes. or whether he's in Everwood, or wherever, whenever he... I don't know what else he's in. Many things, I'm sure, but he's... Have you ever looked up his IMDb? I have. He's been, like... He seems almost like he's a character actor mm. across the board, which is interesting, but... Oh, that's right. I we was... have looked him up because he aged all right. And we were both I was surprised. shocked by like the the amount that he was trying, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like good for him. So he's a sculptor and there is some dialogue that says he used to be a surfer. And I oh, had, he did. I could not suspend my disbelief enough to ever assume that he could have been a surfer. No. That was some He's part still of the actively thing. acting. Yeah, he is. He's not that old. No, I suppose not. Anyway. Um, so then we meet um, the Meredith Blake of this film, <laughs> which is his agent, his art arts agent. Is that a thing? <laughs> I think I think in like certain circles of the art world, yes. It's the guy who sells all of his stuff and makes him money. He's like the middleman who like takes, yeah, he like gets him shows and buyers for his like expensive art. Yeah. Yeah. And so they play him like, like a Meredith Blake. But with more racism. With, yeah. Meredith Blake got the patriarchy and Nigel gets the racism. Yeah. You gotta get one, I guess. (laughs) Um, so he's just always around their weird house. I have some, I have, I would like to see Kevin McLeod go through this house because like structurally we don't see enough of it, but it appears to be like a concrete jungle house. Yeah. Like very warehousey. Which may just be like a creative choice to save money. Probably. (laughs) Like. This is a very low budget standpoint. Yeah. Like, let's find a warehouse and put, like, a sofa in it. What the fuck was their bedroom, though? Can we detour? I would love to detour. That's fine. We can be wherever we need to be. (laughs) Well, I need to be in front of the camera for those shots of their bedroom, which is, like, a dark dungeon with, like, a coral reef painted on the back wall. It's lights. It's what? It's it's lights. Like lights. Lights. They've got like different colored lights in the back. Oh. But it is very cave like. This movie was it's where so I learned dark. Like, did they not have a lighting rig? So the only thing that I remembered about this movie, besides our dad being in it <laughs> oh, and dad. it being in California, is that this is where I learned about clap lights. <laughs> Does this movie feature the clapper? The, yeah, I missed that. There's a whole there's a whole 
time where they go into their room, it's when after they've done the billboard, which we'll get to, guys. Um, they like run into their room and they go. The oh my god. <laughs> Literally all I wanted in my entire life was a clapper and my mom would not buy one. Yeah, that's where I learned about them was from this this fine film. Oh my god. I want a clapper so badly. Right. Like I have Google outlets and I still would rather have a clapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Um <laughs> <laughs> Holidays are coming up, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If we're one of those podcasts that had, like, a P.O. box, how funny would it be if it was just, like, overloaded with clappers? Can you even still buy a clapper? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For what it's worth, I just, like, have the clapper jingle playing in my brain on loop right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, their bedroom, the, the bedroom is weird because, like, there's no other furniture. It's just two yeah. beds and a bunch of lights and they're, it's and clearly, like, supposed to be a big bedroom, but their beds are, like, squished right close together. And right. the camera's always pointed at this, like, really weird angle so that the beds take up the entirety of the frame horizontally. But you right. can't see, like, anything else in the room, but you're supposed to imagine that it's, like, a big room. Right. But also, why is it so cave-like? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, but our dad said he designed the home himself, so I bet he would love to tell you why. Dear it's dad, alternate universe. Help. Help. Also, where do you source your clappers? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. So. Anyway, so we need to do like the whole part where they decide that dad needs a woman in his life. Yes. Yeah. And there is a really fun sequence where they're talking to their friends on the boardwalk and they're like you could try a chat room on the internet and they have this like safe use of the internet speech where they're like no chat rooms are creepy you don't even know what kind of people you're talking to in chat rooms you shouldn't use chat rooms (laughs) and that's really fun I did personally appreciate that it was really a moment in time um and then they decide that a better use of their skill set somehow is to paint on a an abandoned or unused billboard <laughs> an ad like a personal's ad for their father and i mean do you have thoughts about the billboard painting scene or should i just share my thoughts i think yeah, I only had thoughts about one part of it, but so go ahead and share your thoughts. So the green screen work, <laughs> yeah, is incredible. Yeah, they have a lot of these like point of view shots where it's like pointing down at them while they're painting with their big long painters rollers, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to look like they're suspended up high, but they're clearly on a green screen backup back wow backup backdrop, and it's like. It's not even like, okay, they're on a green screen. Obviously, they would be on a green screen. It's that, like, the laziness at which the green screen was cut out somehow. Like, there's straight lines along the side of their faces, and it's just, it's very janky. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I noticed the most is that, so the billboard, the abandoned billboard itself is black. 
or mm-hmm. no, it's white. It's white. It's white, but white. it's nighttime. So they they climb up and they're dressed in black because they had to be like camouflaged <laughs> as they like climb up onto the billboard platform. And yeah. when they get to the top of the billboard, and they have to change. Mm-hmm. So, because they need to now blend into the white billboards so that the drivers on the highway don't see them under this massive illuminated billboard. <laughs> right. Um, right. So they like painstakingly strip off their black outfit to reveal a white outfit underneath. And yeah. they do like 17 of the same shot of them like yes. taking their jacket off. <laughs> yeah. Like some editor like clearly fell asleep and just like put it in twice. <laughs> yeah and there was like some kind of sound added to like i guess make it more clothingy but it like wasn't perfectly timed to when they actually removed the clothing so then it's this very like uncanny valley like 15 seconds of them undressing oh no on this billboard (laughs) which was just like a choice that they made yeah, I did have a moment of, like, why do we have two youths taking each other's clothes off on mm-hmm. a billboard? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a choice that was made. Yeah. Um, yes. Also, didn't the billboard have, like, a whole-ass photograph of him? So, yeah, I have a note of, like, no explanation for how this photo got up there, huh? Like, they're painting, like, like with paint. They didn't. They didn't bring up giant printed squares. No, they to glue didn't. On there, they didn't. So, are we supposed to believe that they like painted a portrait of Tom Amande's face and then also <laughs> like hand painted like individual ten foot letters in of like a paragraph of text? That is the implication somehow. <laughs> Like, I don't know how to tell them that it would have been cheaper for them to call the billboard company or easier. Yeah. But. Where'd they get the paint? Are they using a pulley system to get it to the top of the billboard? Do children of that age even know how to write that many sentences consecutively? It was very punny for that age. Right? I mean, how old are these girls supposed to be? Like eight? Nine? Something like that. Yeah. Right? Like that is not an age with advanced literacy. It's it's not. It's really not. But somehow they manage it and then get pressed for it. So this is the part that I think was the most wild thing that the movie wanted me to believe is <laughs> the next morning, a woman shows up at the door yeah. and Tom Amandes is confused. And she's like, oh, I saw your billboard. And, like, he, she and the girls are, like, saying these individual sentences back and forth. And he keeps being like, somebody tell me what's going on. And it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be, like, goofs and hijinks. And then, like, he closes the door and is like, girls? (gasps) And then it, like, goes to a different character who becomes the love interest, turning on the news and it's the girls and Tom Amandes being interviewed by the news. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. like, how did that... In what universe does that man, who's just had this hijinks pulled on him, agree no. to be on the news? He doesn't agree to be on the news. <laughs> like, what, what, what adult in this situation is not just calling Clear Channel and being right. like, please remove this billboard i will pay the fine my bad and then when media inquiries come in being like changing their phone number and address right right (laughs) i assumed 
I guess, that the story wanted me to believe that he had gone down there to see what they'd done and then was accosted by the news people. But then he's kind of, like, sheepishly going along with the interview. Yeah, no, And, like, yeah. lets the girls just, like, run wild putting out a whole PR narrative. I mean, it does appear that he just lets them run wild all the time. Truly. Truly. They're not supervised in any way. No. No, these are not children who have ever been told that, like, adults are in charge of their lives. No. No. He is, they don't even have a phone. How does he know where they are? <laughs> God. So, I did write, he wrote some. he said something about the 411, which made me laugh because that's yes. such a late 90s phrase that is used in the parent trap also so it always just like gives me a chuckle every once in a while that phrase still like pops up in like more contemporary things Mm. and whenever whenever i've encountered it like sort of since i got my iphone let's say i'm like would anyone still know what 411 (laughs) is or how to use it right does it still function I mean, it's got to. There are other phone services that are similar, like 211 and, like, information lines. Mm. So I feel like 411 hasn't gone away entirely. But, man, there was a period of time after, like, phone booths and phone books went away when, like, we were using 411, like, almost daily. I don't think I ever used it. Oh, we used it all the time. Like, if you had to find out if some place was still open or if you wanted to call for movie times or if you wanted to, like, call the place and order at a restaurant... It was just faster to call 411 after we stopped getting phone books. Wow. Because you would just call them, you would say the place you need, and they would connect you. I think I always was afraid that they were going to charge something for that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was living in fear of ever racking up any kind of bill on the phone. Uh Well, I mean, I didn't necessarily use it all the time. Like, I did use it a couple times, but, like, my mom and my grandmother used it constantly. Oh, yeah. We're always calling 411. We did not. We were not a 411 household. <laughs> I still miss 411 occasionally. I have Google now, but like, oh my god, there was it's a, a the beautiful simplicity There's no to 411. There. <laughs> there's no one. There's no one in a call center to just connect me. Because then I would always imagine it was like one of those 40s call centers from like old movies where they have all the yeah. plugs and the little like yeah. things, and they'd have to like beep boop you over to the restaurant. So speaking of, um. <laughs> That's a segue. <laughs> this is a segue. Uh, the writer of Billboard Dad went on to write and produce for Mad Men. <laughs> Can you imagine having both of those things on your resume? No. Oh my god! Like, talk about a glow up. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you start at Billboard Dad and end at Mad Men? <laughs> I don't, I don't and, know. Like, that person honestly should be doing, like, a series of TED Talks about how to, like, <laughs> sell yourself in the workplace, you know? Like, there's obviously some marketing of transferable skills going on there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so, so this is the part of Billboard Dead that gets the scariest, probably, which is the date montage. Oh, yeah. So, Dad decides, like... If I go on seven dates, can we never do this again? Which is not Which, how that like, works, Dad. You're in charge. You don't have to barter with them. No. They're old enough to know that they're wrong. 
But then later it turns out that he secretly wanted to go on the dates. In which case it's just like, dad. Yeah. You don't have to get bullied into it by your eight-year-olds. You really don't. Speed dating was a thing in the 90s. Yeah. And, like, this montage is fascinating. Like, truly fascinating. There's a whole bit with a French woman who doesn't shave her armpits and that causes him to cancel the date. There's other... I don't know what. There's someone who says... There's a divorcee. There is. There's someone who's, like, overly emotional. Like, every time someone he, someone is on a date with him, he's, like, asking for the check, basically, over Because they're all again. just crazies. It was a good reminder. Yeah. I think, like, we all talk pretty openly about how shitty the culture was to women in the aughts. But yeah. it was a good reminder of, like, the tropes and stereotypes about women yeah. in the 80s and 90s, which, like, yeah. spoiler alert, also kind of fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a moment in time, for sure. Yeah. Real point in time. <laughs> Reminder. <laughs> the environment that we grew up in. Right. Um, and then he, he ends up meet-cuting with the woman who had judged him in the first mm-hmm. place that we met for no clear reason uh, earlier. And she's there because her friend is one of the dates that he randomly selects. And then it turns out that he likes her and they like rapidly begin dating based on the time that this movie suggests. Mm -hmm. And we learn that her son is this like new kid who came to town who the girls don't like because he's weird. He's too punky. Yeah. And so that's, like, some tension they're trying to lay the groundwork for there. And she spends, like, a lot of time with dad and with these girls and not with her own child, which I find really fascinating. Like, she takes them for a girl's day and it's like, well, where, where is yours, though? <laughs> well, also talking about how he's having such a hard time because the dad is getting remarried, so it's like... right there's no way to say what I was about to say without it sounding really terrible. So I'll just avoid saying that, but it's also just worth examining the priorities being put forth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because this movie doesn't, this movie like simultaneously wants to build like a sob story about this kid and also like not examine any of the choices that may have led to this kid's right moment in his life. Right. Like it's possible if he's, concerned about his father having a new relationship maybe he's would also be bothered by his mother mm-hmm. having a simultaneous new relationship but also what this we film know? doesn't take any time to examine the same thing with Tom Amandes and nope. his like crippling depression you know there's like no examination of the fact that he's like having so much depression after his wife dying that like he's straight up neglecting his children now and that's why they felt the need to bring a woman into his life right it's just like oh isn't it quirky that these girls want their dad to be dating but like lots of toxic parenting going on all around i think 
Well, which, like, really leads to the question of, like, who is this movie for? Because I don't... It's not clear to me. It's not for me as an adult. No. It doesn't feel like it should have been for me as a kid. Feels like a lot of the subject matter is pretty grown up. I just have some questions about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Because, like... So this, this whole plot wraps up with him. He breaks up with her, right? And then gets back together with her? Is that how this works? Mm, yes and no. So what happens is that the... I don't know if we're ready to get to, like, the plot twist, but the whole time it turns out that Nigel is the yeah, bad yeah. guy. Yeah. And he's... He, oh, that's right. That's right. He manipulates yeah. them. He thinks that he can only sell Tom Amandez's art if he's depressed and that if he becomes happy, his art will change and it won't be as marketable Yeah, because there's already a group of people who want to buy the depression art. Yeah. And so as Tom Amandez and this woman are like getting closer, Nigel's in the background, both producing counterfeits to have on backup in case he doesn't have enough of the old depression art to sell and yep. also trying to figure out a way to break up the couple so that he can make Tom Amandes depressed again. Right. So right. he he pulls his own hijinks where he records a conversation with the girlfriend and then sets it up in, like, the warehouse or whatever so that the girls, because he knows they eavesdrop, so he sets it up so that, like, he plays back her side of the recording and he puts in his own stuff to make it sound like the woman is a gold digger. Yep. That's which right. then makes the girls go to Nigel to make a hijinks plot to make the girlfriend think that Tom Amandes is cheating on her because it's also harped on the whole time that she's recently divorced and her ex-husband cheated on her. So of course Tom Amandes now has to cheat on her. Um, so they like set up this whole plot. She walks in and thinks that he's cheating on her. So then they break up. Yeah. And then when it all comes to light because of the punky son of the girlfriend, because he had overheard Nigel doing the counterfeiting, whatever, everyone puts, puts it all together. Um, then the kids all come up with a big plot to reveal Nigel and his scheme at a big opening gallery party for Tom Amandes. Yeah. And then that big reveal happens at the party and the couple gets back together. Right, because the son also, like, partakes in the hijinks to yeah. get them back together. Yeah, the son, so like, like, knew that Nigel was the bad guy. So yeah. then he, like, takes that information back to the girls, and they're able to, like, put it right. all together and figure it out. Right. It's extremely convoluted. This movie easily could have been an hour shorter. <laughs> If their own plot hadn't been so convoluted. The only thing I appreciated from this whole thing was Dad calling out Nigel for his fake accent, because that was funny to me. That was very funny. Because I was watching this whole movie, like, are we supposed to buy this guy? Like, his accent being... Like, is he trying to do the accent, or is this real? No, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. That turned out to be a plot element, which was very well played. It was good. Um, so then there's this other, like, I don't even know, I don't even want to give it a letter grade as a plot. 
<laughs> but there's this thing that just it was it reminded me of Everwood, which is this thing with um Brad the swim coach. Yes, this also stood out to me. And so, like, all the girls have a little crush on the high school, college, or high school, whatever, swim coach. Because of the diving plot, the inexplicable diving plot, because they all hang out at the pool. And it was yucky. So yucky! (laughs) It was big, like, bright Abbott and all the, like, nine-year-old girls. And, like, is is this a thing? It's totally the kind of thing that, like, adults are putting on girls. And, like, I'm not saying that, like, little girls don't start to develop crushes on grown men. Because, like, I think... (coughs) I can't really remember from my... I guess the closest I can think of from that age group for me was, like, liking boy bands. So, Uh like, I guess, like, little girls at that age do... And, like, little kids in general. I think little boys do it, too. But, like, kids at that age do start to, like develop crush-like feelings. Yeah. But I don't know that it's a universal experience that they, like, hope the college-age boy is gonna kiss them. Yeah, that's alarming to me. I don't think they're, like, horny for the shirtless college-age boy at the pool. And then I don't think the college-age boys often do. No. (laughs) No. Yeah, no, there's, like, that scene after she, like, does the dive at the diving competition, and he, like, picks her up out of the pool and, like, kisses her on the cheek or something. Yeah. And she swoons in his arms. But Yeah. I was like, there's no part, like, no, this is not... No. Bleh. No one wants it. No one needs it. Keep it out of here. Okay, but also, like, let's just be super clear that, like, their parents are puppeteering this whole thing. Yes. And are saying, like, yes, this is a good idea. Yep. Yeah, that's right. When they have their spa day, they're, like, telling the girlfriend all about the crush on the swim coach. And she's, like, enabling it. No, I mean, like, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's parents. Oh, that too. Like, this entire production I was alarmed in that spa scene, though. We'll come back to that. I was was alarmed in that spa scene that the the girlfriend at no point was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe don't. Maybe you're eight. Right. (laughs) Maybe that's cool. But yes, you're right. There's a boy who likes one of them. I don't... doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, that's a plot that they build for, like, no real payoff. Except for him being like, I went to the No Doubt concert and I got you a tape. (laughs) Well, no. So he he does... He, like, gets her a tape. He gets her, like, No Doubt tickets. And she keeps, like, ignoring him. But they're spending all this time with the punky son of the girlfriend. So then he, like, rolls up one day in a leather jacket... And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you're spending so much time with that kid. So I, I, whatever. He's like, I had to like take the hint. And then she like says something about all he had to do is like be himself. And then she leans over and kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. And it's like a very hurried scene. Like, but like again, like and why no did one we needed need this it. Plot? No one it. needed it. It didn't have any like actual payoff. Like I guess it, the only thing is that after no she kisses him, progress. 
Well, after she kisses him, they're like, we have to figure out some way to get the dad and girlfriend back together. And he's like, oh, I have an idea. And then he, like, steals a boom mic from his parents. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's how they get the recording of Nigel getting counterfeits. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I guess it does, like, move the plot forward in that sense. But, like... So you should use the people of crushes on you to advance your parents' relationship. When your dad is dating... (laughs) Dating a chick who he's just had to break up with because his art agent is trying to sell his counterfeit works. You should start making out with your friends so you can steal their parents' boom mics to uncover the plot. Okay, noted, noted. Relatable themes for children everywhere. Oh my god. (laughs) Truly. Also, there was, like, a whole conversation about safe sex, and I'm like, who is this for? What was that? (laughs) Yeah, so Tom Amandes is like, we're going on a romantic evening. And the girls are like, Dad, do you need the safe sex talk? And Tom Amandes is like, girls. And the girlfriend's like, don't worry, my son asked the same thing. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you're nine? What? (laughs) What? What PSA 11 bitch in the writer's room was like, this seems like a normal thing to interject here. Yeah, I have questions. Why? I mean, I could see it in their, like, 15-year-old movies, but not their 9-year-old movies. Yeah. But I think that's where your point about their stage parents like being involved in this is fair it's like in theory you would think that if you're if you if your children were like the stars of a film that you would have like some amount of control over what's in the script right like i mean this is produced by their like fake production company that they made it's not fake it's very much real but like (laughs) but like the production company that they made just to like crank out these fucking movies Yeah. yeah and like I don't know. Yikes. I mean, it's innocuous enough, but also just, like, again, like, who who is the target audience for this film? Like, someone It's tell not me. that, like, the topic is inappropriate. Like, there is a developmentally appropriate way to approach that. But, like, I think that's the issue, is that it's, like, the, the themes and the plot itself are, like, not developmentally appropriate. Right. And, like, who is... Who is it for? Who is any of it for? Right. But it is, like, very funny to me that this is, like, another product of, like, divorce slash single parent panic of the 90s. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge, like, huge single parent panic energy. Yeah. Like... This is coming out back to back with the parent trap. Like, there's a reason for that. It's another twin movie. Like, there's a reason for that. Someone yep. in the Mary Kate Nashley world got wind about the parent trap and was like, You gotta compete. We gotta get some parents married here. Yep. Let's get some parents laid. And they've done another movie like that too. They had like a movie they? when they were much younger that was like that. 
I believe. It, it, because so everyone always talked about that in relation to the parent trap. And I was like, no, no, no. Lower caliber. Come on now. <laughs> Lower caliber. I just, like, cannot wrap my head around why that was an interesting topic. And, like, what... Like, the we've talked about, like, the levels of bureaucracy in, like, media production before, but also just that, like, it's that plus the level of adults having to decide what media is worth making for children. Yeah. And that a bunch of adults sat around a room and were like, this seems great. Right. Because, like, the healthy thing to do... In a culture of divorce panic is to teach children that they can get their parents back together. (laughs) (laughs) Just give children, like, a whole playbook of all the different antics they can do to get their parents back on the market. Right. Right. I mean, it's wild. Wild. But, like, okay, so it's dad month. Let's take a minute. Sure. And just talk about our dad. Bring this full circle. Like, do we have thoughts? I think dad was incredible in this film. (laughs) I think dad brings so much presence and charisma. Like, honestly, I don't understand how he wasn't more, like, maybe not a bigger actor, but, like, wasn't more of a prestige actor. Hmm. You know, like, he just seems like he should have been doing more art and less Mary-Kate and Ashley. He does have, like, (laughs) a very Hugh Grant energy about Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And it's a little sad to me that we don't have, like, rom-coms with Dad. Oh, I haven't had a chance to tell you the thing that alarmed me the fucking most, and it's related to to that last thought of yours. Okay. Is, um... There's a chance he's a good kisser. I'm just wow. saying, there's that kissing scene, and I was like, oh no, is Tom Amande is a good kisser. I don't think I'm capable of seeing him that way because he's a dad. He's my dad. <laughs> he's canonically a dad. <laughs> but I was just like, oops. Oh. I don't know that I paid enough attention, to be honest. I mean, I was watching it on my phone. It's not like I meant to pay that much attention. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the thing about his IMDb profile is that he's been in a lot of things, like a single episode in a lot of things, which means, like, there's always a chance that we're going to encounter him in another realm. He was in Chicago Fire. In a bunch yeah, of episodes him there, but of yeah. Chicago Fire. I know there's I mean, an ER was... at some point that I'll find him in. He was in Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23, which I will never watch, but I know a bunch of people who were really into it for a while there. Yep. Um, he was in Grey's Anatomy. Yep. He was in Parenthood, I think. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, he was in Parenthood. I was about to be like, oh, Everwood. (laughs) That was my lizard brain. Oh, but speaking of Everwood, the the girlfriend, whatever her name is, the love interest, Uh 
she is in an Everwood episode at some point. Oh, is she? But I don't think we've watched it yet. She looked familiar to me, but I didn't know if it was just, like, in the way that there are certain looks that women in the 90s were allowed to have, and so she yeah. was just one of them. You know what I mean? Right. Yep, I do. I do. Yeah. Wow, he really has... He was in Roseanne. I'm absolutely certain I've seen this episode. <laughs> I watched a lot Timeless, of Roseanne Kirstie. as a kid. Remember when we watched Timeless? Yikes. Actually, I would watch that episode. <laughs> you wanna? <laughs> oh, I've definitely seen this episode, but it's like late stage Roseanne, so I don't remember it well. Mm. Yeah. The Who thing that's this? actually like unfortunate about the way IMDb is structured is that if you click on the like one episode, 2014, it doesn't bring you to the episode, so you'd have to like continue to dig, and that's unfortunate. It just did when I clicked on that Roseanne episode. Oh, it is not working on mobile. Let's see. Um, the actress who played the love interest. She was on... Don't, for- do not click. Excuse me. <laughs> this <laughs> is important. Am I not allowed to look at her IMDb? No, spoilers. Get out of there. You can, look, you can look at her IMDb. Don't click over to the Everwood episode that she's on. Okay. It's from 2005. That's too late. I wouldn't even have noticed if oh you hadn't God. said anything. I'm, well, I'm stressed. I was honestly surprised to see everyone on Tom Amanda's IMDb. <laughs> like, don't give me more credit than I deserve. All right. Well, I was just Anyway. Worried. We have a strict setup here. She was on For All Mankind. I don't think I've She's... seen her on that show yet. Um, but I haven't watched season two. She's been on all kinds of like buzzwordy stuff. She's on nine one one NCIS, mm. General Hospital, Blackish, mm. Suits, Suits with with Megan Markle. Designated Survivor. That's got to oh be why she's familiar to me. Designated Survivor. <laughs> I don't actually it's possible I wasn't watching Designated Survivor in 2018 anymore. I can't remember now. Oh my but god. That was a that was a show I watched. Um, she was on the night shift. She NCIS was. New Orleans, CSI. So she's like a broadcast True Blood. bitch. Yeah. Scandal. Mm. It basically explains why she felt vaguely familiar to me cuz she's just kind of switched to birth. She is. We watched that is. one. What? Oh, we Didn't watched we? one episode of that, yeah. One episode. That was a pilot palooza. Grim. Bones! I watched Bones. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I did, in college. I've never seen Bones. I watched oh, yeah, a lot of Bones you in did. college, yeah. Certain episodes more than once. Days of Our Lives. Like these two have a very similar, like, trajectory. Yeah, I agree. High School Musical 3, senior year. Yep, haven't. High School Musical 2. Taken. I've seen High School Musical 2. Obviously, I've seen High School (laughs) Musical 2. Come on now. I, you want to know something? That's a neat fucking trick. I've never seen a single High School Musical and gun to my head. I couldn't tell you any of the songs. No, but I did make you watch that one because it's really funny. I, so I remember the music video or the, it's not a music video. I remember the video part of that. I don't remember the song itself. And I, if I needed to Google it, I would have to Google like Zac Efron golf Golf course. course. (laughs) (laughs) I will never 
ever forget that particular song because I watched a grown adult reenact it. Oh my god! On a work trip. Oh my god! And it was incredible. An adventure. Yeah, yeah. Wow! What a time! What a time! What an absolute time! <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so, I worked with children for all of those years and managed not... I mean, I encountered it occasionally, but I managed not to internalize a single damn thing about it. Mm. Love this journey for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, anything else we need to say about Billboard Dead? <laughs> I don't think so. We did our job. Um, yeah. Would you want... Would you want this dad to slowly make their way across the Mediterranean on a boat to Dancing Queen? Oh, yes. I did okay. have that thought that I would enjoy okay. Okay. a Tom Amandes in Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his singing is like, but I do think he would bring... I think there's, like, an energy that they were hoping to capture with the Skarsgård. That yeah, they didn't yeah, quite yeah, yeah, nail yeah. because the scars guard is like a little too cool for school. A little too, and they need, like, too Scandinavian for some good, yeah. Yeah. And Colin Firth is supposed to fill in as like the dweeb, but like he's too Colin Firth also. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's like a certain like suave but dweeb energy that like Tom Amandes brings to the whole scene. Yeah. Yep. It, I did appreciate his, like, chance to be a little more suave in this movie. Yeah. He's secretly low-key dad hot. Wow. Okay. I know, I wasn't prepared for it either, but I feel like we've been dancing around it, so, like... I was, like, a little too stressed out about his, like, sandals with jeans to ever get to that Real point. vibe. Real vibe. Because I can't handle men wearing sandals, like, full stop, but <laughs> that was too much. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I agree that I think he would bring a je ne sais quoi to Mamma Mia yes, that we're missing. exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the benchmark for our dads, right? It's like, could you add something to Mamma Mia or could you sure. not? Like, that's... Could you... Yeah, could you have a place in the Mamma Mia right. dad canon? And, like... This is jumping ahead of ourselves, but I, like, Treat Dad has enough of a history in the musical realm that, like, he's not necessarily who I would choose to be in Mamma Mia, but could he bring something that we aren't thinking about? Like, maybe. See, that's the debate I was having with myself, is I think he's qualified, but I don't know, I don't know if the vibe aligns. Right. Right. But he's, he's for sure a dad. Now, yeah. at one point, I did adopt Captain Lee, Stud of the Sea, oh, he as a dad. And could be <laughs> Captain Lee for sure meets that criteria. Like he, he should be who Mamma Mia is about. I think actually, he's driving the yacht with all the dads. <laughs> it's like way more believable to me that Donna would have had a baby with Captain Lee. Yes. Then with Pierce yes. Brosnan. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my 
I watched an episode recently that showed him like pictures of him in his younger years and like he could get it he could get it this is captain lee from the original below deck for those of you following along at home yeah and yeah captain lee stood at the sea could absolutely get it (laughs) (laughs) no doubt you know below deck this is a total off topic but i guess it's a core core below deck has this like magical draw to it where like if you take time away from it you're like oh that show is trash yes and then yes you yes. watch like one episode and you get sucked you're back right in back and you're into like this it. is the greatest show i've ever watched in my life but, yeah i go there's no in between in between seasons all the time um which is why i was so fucking delighted when i found those two random seasons of og i had never watched that you're right. like watching now Right. Because I had had all this time away from it, and it was, like, right before Med was supposed to come back, and I was like, I don't want to watch COVID below deck, and, like, I don't, I'm, like, maybe kind of tired of Med, and, like, you know, maybe... Maybe I've just seen enough yachts. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. But then I watched those two seasons, and, yeah, you get, like, (laughs) you get... You get sucked in, like, a ground line into the propellers, baby. Oh, yeah. You sure do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow i am like so invested right now in katie's struggle to finish the season a stew down oh uh, like whew. i mean like i think katie is this chief stew that i align with the most katie's the chief stew we all deserved Yes. But Kate is my one true chief correct. stew. That's correct. Yep. That's where I come down on that. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Kate is the one true st- chief stew. One true chief stew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been a departure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we'll get, like, higher star reviews if we put our departures at the end instead of the beginning? Because that could be our new bit. (laughs) We'll get right into the topic at hand, but then I'll... And then the last 25 minutes will just be... It's our derailment. I like the spontaneity of it. I I feel like we've been on a journey. And I feel like it's all interconnected. It is. It is. These are all of our dads. Right. Right. So, next time on Dad Month, we're going to watch a film that I forget the name of, so I need to look it up. (laughs) This is a professional podcast. I also don't remember the name, and I don't remember the dad, so I can't even help you. We are going to be watching a film called Second Act. Oh, boy. (laughs) And... We are celebrating our good dad, Treat Dad. Treat Dad! And we picked this movie because it stars Treat Dad, (laughs) J-Lo, and Vanessa Hudgens of the Vanessa's Hudgens. (laughs) Vanessa Hudgens of Vanessa's Hudgens fame. So, like... (laughs) I have seen nothing. I've seen no trailers. 
I'm going to keep it that way. I will tell you it has 5.8 out of 10 stars on IMDb. I'm alarmed. That is alarming. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I believe it's on Hulu, so if you want to watch along, you may. (laughs) Um... Yep, I this we're going in blind, guys. It's gonna be great. Coming in hot on the recent announcement regarding the Vanessa's Hudgens. The recent announcement being that we will have our third Vanessa's Hudgens this year. Unfortunately, we won't be having a fourth Vanessa's Hudgens, which is like really <laughs> what I put all of my money on this year. Right. Right. But yes, there will be a third installment in the Vanessa Hudgens series on netflix yeah uh no a christmas prince uh a christmas a switched it princess switched 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 for christmas (laughs) the princess switch christmas switch yeah that one that one (laughs) um We'll be covering oh, yeah. it in some way, shape, or form. Don't even worry about it. Don't y'all. even worry about it. We are on top of it. Although, if you have, um, if you have news, we will always accept news. Yeah, if there's some breaking holiday television movies that you need to see, now is the time to tell us or need us to watch. Need us to watch. You can see whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, this is your life. You can live it. But if you need us to do stuff in our lives, now is the time to let us know. I will say we're committing to at least one holiday movie about trains. Yep. So not the Polar Express, like no Hallmark trains. Yeah. Um, I think we had another one, but I don't know what it is. We'll probably do an evergreen if there's an evergreen. We'll find some stuff. I thought we determined there was not an evergreen this year. That'd be great if there wasn't, surely. There was but... something in one of our on... No, you know what it was? It wasn't Evergreen. Um, it was a Christmas Prince. There's not yeah, going there's to no be the Christmas, Christmas Prince, Prince Megxit. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make me convinced that they won't do it someday. No. Not this year. We're also not sure if Lindsay Lohan's Netflix Christmas movie is coming, so... Yeah, we're starting to get a little nervous. But we'll <laughs> let you know. Beat. Don't worry. We're on the beat. In case you guys wondered where we were at. But we will also accept more news. <laughs> yeah. Since yeah. we are on the beat. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, is it time to, to tell the people where to go? Yeah. So, great news for everyone. I paid truly an obscene <laughs> amount of money to recover our domain. Don't worry about it. But, like, if y'all wanted to send us some cash in the mail, I'll give you my home address. I'm kidding. Um, so you can please at least go to our website, dewatchwithus.com. Or you can tweet to us about the holiday movies that we need to see at Hate Watch With Us. You can also send us an email. That's how one of our listeners got us to watch one of the dad's months, dad months movies, dad month movies. Woo. Um, you can do that. You can send us an email to heywatchwithus at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a five star review 
on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to this because you're in another channel, which may or may not happen, you can also rate and review us for that show, which may or may not be the Everwood Pinecast. We might as well just plug it, because even if you're not listening to this in the feed of the Everwood Pinecast, and you're listening to it in the feed of the Hate Watch With Us podcast, yeah. you should probably be finding your way over to the Everwood Pinecast, where we talk at length about the show Everwood, which also features our dad, Tom Amandes. Correct. That's the connective um, tissue here. Yeah, so if you need a new show to get you through these dark, dark winter months ahead, you should just hop on your HBO account and mm-hmm. watch Everwood with us. And yep, we're working and on season the two, in theory. So that'll happen. <laughs> we are. We totally are. Gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you want more podcasts, if our two podcasts aren't enough content for you (laughs) and you need more podcast content, you can find our friends over at the Thoughtbubble Audio Network, which is a network of podcasts of which we are a part. Both of our shows are proud members. And you can find those folks and all of their various shows over at Thoughtbubble FM on Twitter, ThoughtbubbleAudio.com, ThoughtbubbleAudio at gmail.com. And you can search for them on Patreon so that we can refill the coffers after Google, (laughs) frankly, robbed us. (laughs) I'm sorry, but getting an expiration notice for my domain on my wedding day that apparently said I only had, like, five days to renew and not, like, a 30-day notice that I thought I would be getting was rude. I also only remember getting one notice, yeah, and not several. Got, like, the one. And also, why is it not just auto build? Everything yeah, else that's is probably me, personally. Okay. Well, I have Dropbox auto build, so. Well, <laughs> sorry, I didn't think our domain was so precious that they would lock it after seven days. Well, now you know. Now I know. It's all a scam, guys. Never buy a domain. All a scam. <laughs> Google is just out there praying on... I almost but then I thought that... Or hatewatchwith.us, but then I was like, no, no, no. No, no, no. No. Yikes. No, no, no. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back where we've always been. Yeah. Just <laughs> us being ourselves. <laughs> and thank you for being along for the ride. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.